Joe, Joe cries. Um, <laughs> well, it's good to see you all this morning. Um, thanks for being here, and yeah, I'm glad to be able to see everyone. Uh, and super excited to be able to share a little bit of my message with you all this morning. Uh, so we're in a season right now uh, going through parables. And Jesus used parables to challenge a lot of the ways of thinking that his listeners were in um, and that they may have been stuck in. He drew a lot of people in to be challenged for some to feel seen, but for everybody to really have a greater picture of the kingdom of God. Um, And he sought to to use these parables to to explain that. Uh, The parables also have unpack. The in-between, which we've talked about a lot before, of the old creation and the new creation. And in that like, overlapping space in a Venn diagram, so I don't have a whiteboard up here, but just imagine with me the two circles and the overlapping space. Um, that's where we find the here and now of Jesus and the kingdom of God. So that's, that's where we're kind of living in these parables. And for us, as church, um, it's hope we're in this transition time too with the upcoming merge. And I think that these parables can help us zoom out to see that greater picture of God's kingdom present on earth as in heaven, here in Knoxville, here within this community, um, and in this transition time. So the hope, my hope, is that as we go through these and as we've been going through these, that we'll get to see through the lens of God's kingdom in the world around us. So I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll kind of jump into the parables we're looking at today. God, thank you for bringing us all into this space this morning. Um, thank you for your spirit um, as it is here with us and every person. And just pray that whatever we're coming in with this morning, whatever happened this weekend or last night, um, that we can feel your peace and your comfort um, and your spirit, allowing us to be able to, to be present and to hear from you what word you have for us Jesus, this morning. Um, we love you, and um, yeah, thank you for this time. Alright, so I grew up watching Survivor with my dad as a kid. I don't know if anybody else ever watched that show. But um, he takes pride in claiming that he has seen every single episode of all 42 seasons. Which is just nuts. Um, he even used to want to go on the show when I was a kid. And my sister and I would joke that we were to film his audition tape in the front yard, like using our pond and make different obstacles. And it was going to be a whole thing. But unfortunately, we never did that. Um, you haven't seen the show, or you have. Every season basically runs the same. There's a group of people that are dropped off on an island without knowing where they are, the terrain of their environment, what's ahead of them, but they have to survive using some Hollywood-style challenges um, and make it off the island without being voted off first. Essentially, they're lost, intentionally lost, on this island, but completing challenges to get their way out. It's very similar to other shows that were really popular, like Lost, Castaway, Gilligan's Island, and all of these, everybody knows that they are lost. Something else that I experienced growing up with my dad is that when we would go on vacation and he would drive a rental car and would very confidently drive in the wrong direction. <laughs> but unlike those on Survivor, he didn't know that he was lost. Um, but usually everybody else in the car did. Uh, so this habit didn't often lead to anybody else in the car celebrating joyfully when he finally figured out that he was lost and turned around, but usually we were pretty annoyed at the situation. So recognizing that you're lost takes humility, especially when you don't necessarily realize that you are. In our day-to-day, we may not experience feeling lost like somebody on Survivor, Um, and if we don't know that we're lost, 
we may not always feel that welcome back from others when we do recognize it, but we might be met with annoyance or judgment from somebody else. So a few weeks ago, Jesse taught us about the prodigal son, which was really great. And I'm going to finish up this week with the other lost parables that are kind of all chunked together, uh, the other lost things of the lost sheep and the lost coin. So we're going to go ahead and read the scripture together, and it's going to be on your handouts, too, if you wanted to follow along. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associated with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety-nine others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels, even when one sinner repents. I want to ask us, what is the difference between the prodigal son and these two lost parables? Something that I kind of noticed was that the lost son knew that he was lost. And he had the awareness that he needed to be rescued. But the sheep and the coin in these parables have no awareness of being lost, or didn't or couldn't express a desire to be found. There's an element here of both innocence and ignorance in these parables. So as I was kind of preparing for this sermon, did a lot of time learning about sheep, which was really fun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love farm animals, um, so I was like, yeah, this is right up my alley. (laughs) I ended up on this website called An Introduction to Sheep Behavior. Um, and like it looked exactly how you would think of like the very early 2000s like windows format boxes yeah it was great Um, but i learned on there that sheep are very various creatures which means that they stick together you know like a flock so part of the flock moves in one direction to find more grass the others are going to follow and soon enough the whole flock would be super far away from where they're supposed to be Um, and they might not have even known that they were that they were I also learned that in 2005, this is kind of sad, in 2005, 1,500 sheep in Turkey just straight fell off a cliff. Because um, they may have been chasing a patch of grass that hadn't been touched yet, had that like, sweet smell of grass that hadn't been eaten. And so one sheep could have been learned to jump, and then the others would soon follow, and countless sheep were lost um, without knowing why or how they're lost. It's simply in their nature to wander off and for others to follow. In all three of the lost parables, we see that the seeker celebrates what was lost being found to the sheep, the coin, and the lost son. Jesus, through these, was addressing two different sets of listeners in his parables. So for one, to the one who was lost that was listening, the reputable sinner, as the scripture says, Jesus demonstrates that the seeker didn't rebuke any of the lost things for being lost. They're welcome and loved regardless. And secondly, to the self-righteous Pharisee who was listening, 
Jesus was challenging them in the way that they see and they treat people and said that that needs to change. So if the parables help us see the world through this new lens of God's kingdom, then one way for us to understand these two parables is that God's kingdom is for the wandering. This message was both uh, for the ones listening who felt that the kingdom wasn't for them, and for the Pharisees who also felt that the kingdom wasn't for the sinners that were lost. Eugene Peterson's translation of the scripture says, and I really like um, how this is distilled down, um, it says, by this time, a lot of men and women with questionable reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. The Pharisees and the religious scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased. Their grumbling tri triggered this story. I also think we should use the word grumbling a lot more. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so the religious people would know all about the ancient scriptures and all of the mentions of the kingdom of God that appeared in those. This wasn't new to them. However, what was new was that they were not ready to have their ideology and their theology challenged by Jesus just simply hanging out with those of questionable reputation. So he was hanging around the tax collectors, the prostitutes, those outside of different cultural groups, across political lines. We can insert some other things in our context, people of different genders, different sexualities, or just different ways of living and existing in the world that they were uncomfortable with, and it was bad faith to the, to the Pharisees and the religious scholars. They were arrogant, not open to learn, and closed their eyes to what might challenge their faith. They were really just set in their ways of what they thought that faith meant. Um, and Jesus was calling out the righteousness and how they looked at others with hatred, judgment, or disgust. But what I think is interesting in this story is, like, how did Jesus actually respond to the Pharisees? Because he could have just, like, told them off and that would have been, like, that would have been acceptable in my eyes. But, rather, he tells a story. Um, he addresses the metaphor of the notorious sinners that have been intently listening to him. Those who the others were saying were outcasts, lost, or the Pharisees may have said that they needed to take good part of themselves before they tried to enter into the kingdom of God. It's these people that would have resonated with the ignorance or the innocence of the ones lost in the parables. Those listening to this message would have known that Jesus was talking directly to them. But Jesus also spoke the Pharisees' language, and he drew attention to how they viewed an in and an out group, and that the Pharisees thought that they were in. They would have said, they would have agreed with Jesus and been like, yeah, those people are lost. Like, we're, we're with it. But then Jesus challenged them on what he said that they were accepted and loved. Because um, they viewed those people as outside. But what Jesus paints in this parable challenged that latter part and tells them to view the loss of love and understanding as the Father does. So he kind of did a both and of, of kind of like hooking them and speaking their language but then challenging that thinking. So this was an episode of The Office uh, where, <laughs> hard to edit, um, there's an episode in The Office where Michael and Dwight are on a sales call and they're both in the car. They're both stressed out trying to figure out what they're going to do next, um, and, and Michael's GPS is telling him to take a right. But the right that he takes ends up driving his entire car directly into a lake. <laughs> and he keeps yelling, the machine knows, the machine knows, as Dwight is telling him, like, you're going to drive into a lake. But Michael is insistent that the GPS knows. He says, well, maybe it's a shortcut, and like, as they're like, descending into the water. <laughs> well, they end up sinking their car into the lake. 
when Michael puts his like, entire full trust in the machine and ignores what was directly right in front of him as he's driving the car down the boat ramp into the lake. So, so the Pharisees were so focused on what they thought that they knew about God and scripture that it actually led them to be arrogant. They missed Jesus in the kingdom that was right in front of them. My question is, how, how does the church act blind to what is right in front of it too? The sheep, the outcasts, or those are viewed as being outside of who's in. And we need to recognize how we view ourselves as being in, and how we treat and view others who may, we consciously or unconsciously, might view us out. If you know anything else about the office, you might also know that Dwight absolutely adores Michael. Even once he has driven the car into the lake, Dwight doesn't get mad, doesn't yell at him. He, in fact, like, what he does right after is gets out and like swims in the lake fountain in front of him and is like so dead set on getting, making sure that Michael is safe. And like, you know, of course it goes horribly wrong and ends up like pushing him more into the water. But, uh, <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't get mad at him. He doesn't like reprimand him or belittle him for like straight up driving into the lake. It's a pretty unique situation because I'm not sure. If that would be my response, um, <laughs> pretty sure I would be a little frustrated or be a little annoyed. But it nears how the shepherd responds to the sheep um, in Jesus' parable. He joyfully picks it up and then calls for a party to celebrate. So there's an invitation here for those who are listening that resonate with the sheep um, to recognize that they can be found in Jesus without any punishment for their behavior, for what they've done, for who they are, um, but that they can simply be found by him and loved. So Jesus offers this hope for the lost. and also tells that the Pharisees listening that, hey, this is how the upside-down kingdom actually works. This is how um, it is in God's kingdom. So I want to offer it to us to consider that the kingdom is for the wandering, the lost, the curious, and the questioning. And one step further... The kingdom is for those who know they're lost, and also for those that don't. I wonder if any of us ever find ourselves in any of these positions. So in the kingdom, it doesn't matter if we're like the contestants on Survivor who know that they're lost, or like my dad driving who, who didn't know that he was lost. Um, in Jesus' kingdom, there is seeking and celebration of both those who know and who don't know that they're lost. It doesn't matter in Jesus' eyes. So this is true. If, if God's kingdom is for the wandering, the curious, and the questioning, I wonder how I and how you all might recognize that curiosity and allow Jesus to find us in the spaces rather than, than trying to ignore it and to push him out, to feel shame or to feel guilt and to feel actually like more like hiding from God when we find ourselves in those spaces. I'm known for a little bit of time now that I was going to be teaching on these parables. Um, when we did some planning, it was a couple months ago, and I was like, yeah, good to go, super soaked. When I did the teaching back in early June, I felt a lot of excitement and enthusiasm about preparing for what I was going to share. Teaching, uh, I taught on the seed parables and the kingdom of God of being small and unexpected and showing up in small and unexpected ways. Um, and it felt really uh, resembling of the ways that I felt I had been experiencing God, of showing up in small, surprising, unexpected ways. But a couple weeks ago, when I started to process these parables, I noticed that I was like feeling a lot of resistance in myself. Um, 
I just was having a really hard time trying to hear from God of what what he wanted to say through these parables. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of the reason for that, one of the reasons for that is just as I and a lot of us find ourselves in a world right now that has a lot of tension and division, um, can be heightened on different contexts. Um, and so it's been easy for me to feel frustrated and to question God. And there's plenty of things that make me angry or heartbroken, sad, or confused. And, and some of those are within the larger within the larger church. Um, and it, I've, I've walked alongside people who have expressed how they feel like they're out of the church. Um, and they've experienced a lot of hurt. And so as I was recognizing what was happening in me and um, able to come to God with those and like just pray really honestly and openly, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what you want to say, I'm feeling all of these things. Um, I've actually been able to recognize through that and God revealing that these parables actually demonstrate that in God's kingdom, no one is out. And no one is too far from Jesus' love. That Jesus will seek us regardless. So for the Pharisee, for the for the church, or for any of us, I think we need to hear God's call to welcome and love the lost. To bump shoulders with people who are different than us, to have compassion, and to be challenged in our thinking that um, there might be something else that's blocking us from accepting the sheep of the coin as they are. So I wonder maybe that you're like me, or like the lost things, and need a little bit of encouragement to feel freedom to bring Jesus into your questioning. To rather than feel punished for being curious at all, or finding ourselves in difficult seasons of our faith, um, to find comfort in knowing that Jesus knows and recognizes this as a part of our nature. Like it's the sheep's nature to wander off. Um, we're not that far off from that as well. That we're actually invited to wonder, because wonder can have the potential to further our faith individually and collectively when we create a culture that, that welcomes that, um, that welcomes people to show up as they are, um, and welcomes bring up those questions. Um, I'm excited to be in a culture where I think, I feel like that that is present here, and I hope that as we continue into this next season, um, together and individually with the merge, that that's something that we can, um, something that we can hold really steady to, is encouraging each other to be honest and open with where we are, um, and, to, and to show up to each other like, like the shepherd and like the woman, uh, of just being a, excited and joyous of people showing up and being able to, to help each other um, not feel lost, but also knowing that it's okay in the different seasons that we are, um, of knowing that Jesus will never stop seeking us, and that it's not about fitting into a box. It's about moving further towards Jesus. So no matter where you find yourself, Jesus will seek you out and will love you. Or I wonder on the flip side, uh, if you need to hear the challenge of recognizing how, how you and how us might do all the right Christian things or may see yourselves as in, maybe you might look at someone who is questioning, curious, or wandering in their faith with judgment, disdain, or, or being out. These parables show us that how we see people needs to change um, and how we're around those people needs to change as well. Jesus challenges the Pharisees and the religious scholars and then also challenges us um, to consider that what matters most is treating people with love and understanding, like the shepherd, the woman who found the coin, and, and like Jesus. 
So I know Brian's upstairs. Um, but when, uh, when, when Brian comes back to lead us in some worship, uh, I want to encourage everyone to, to pray. And I know we have like some pens or things over there if that feels right to you. Or if you want to just um, sit with God over these parables, um, considering what Jesse taught about the lost son and what we learned from these two. Um, and to just invite God into whatever space you're finding yourself, whether it's, whether it's challenge or whether it's comfort that you need this morning, um, I want to encourage you to invite God into that space with you. So I'm going to pray, and then maybe by that time, pray will be back. <laughs> Jesus, we know that you are the one who seeks us and loves us no matter what. Thank you for this no matter how we wander or stray. We pray to not only to read and to hear this this morning, but to feel and experience it from your spirit, God. Jesus, help us to recognize how we are also like the Pharisees and need to be more like you in accepting and loving those that are like us and that are different from us. And if we feel lost, God, or if we don't know that we are lost, and pray for your for your comfort and for your peace and for your unending love um, to come over everybody that is here. We love you, God.